Welcome back to the Daily Devotion. My name is Kevin. I'm the pastor of Christ Church Conway, a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America here in Conway, Arkansas. This morning, we're jumping back into 1 Peter, picking up again in verse 10, looking at verses 10 through 12 of chapter 1. We've already taken one look at these to see this hermeneutic that Peter uses that shows the unity of the Old Testament and New Testament, that the Bible is, in fact, one story of God establishing his kingdom through his Christ, according to his covenant promises. But that's really a side point of what Peter is saying here. I wanted to bring that out at the beginning because that's a a point that I'm particularly passionate about and I think we need to see because it really is everywhere in the Bible. But Peter is writing not so much to teach hermeneutics. His, His hermeneutic is assumed. He's writing to encourage these people who are suffering as Christians. He's writing to encourage these elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, reminding them that their suffering is not outside the purview of God's sovereignty, that their suffering doesn't separate them from Christ, that their suffering is not what speaks the truest word about them. And in encouraging them in this way, he so encourages us in this way. Like them, our suffering is not what speaks the truest word about us, but the blood of Christ is. Like them, our suffering does not separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Indeed, as Paul reminds us in Romans, nothing can do that. Not height, nor depth, nor principalities, nor powers, nor authorities, nor nakedness, nor famine, nor sword. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. But oh, how we are prone to to forget that reality and wander off into the despair of our sufferings. So this is what Peter writes in verses 10 through 12 of chapter 1. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you in the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. Father, I thank you for your word, and I ask that you would guide us in our hearing and in my speaking by your spirit, that we might be strengthened according to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it is in his name that we pray. Amen. Again, Peter is writing to comfort these elect exiles. And as he has laid out all of these glorious truths of the gospel that God, by his great mercy, has caused us to be born again into a living hope, into an inheritance, that that God is guarding us for the day of salvation to be revealed, he now turns his attention to these Old Testament prophets. And he says that, This salvation that he has been talking about, as we've already said, that's what they were trying to look into. That's what they searched and inquired carefully about, wondering who and when the Spirit of Christ, notice that it's the same Spirit at work in us as in them, trying to figure out who or, or, or when the Spirit of Christ was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. So here's the first point we need to hear. Christ's sufferings were not by accident. They were the original plan. Peter makes a similar 
point when he is preaching that great sermon in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. It certainly would have been a difficult sermon to, for them to have hear, to have heard. But he makes this same point. In Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 22, he says, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. See, Peter understands that the sufferings of Christ were no accident. They were the plan that God had set in place. He was going to, as a sheep before its shearers is silent, he was going to be silent even as he endured the pain of the cross. He was going to be crushed for our iniquities. And the prophets sought to look into this. They sought to look into this foreordained divine plan for the suffering of the Messiah. Here's where this connects with us. As Jesus tells us in the Gospels that his people will suffer because the world hates him and we follow him and we love him and if the world hated him, it's going to hate us, we can now assume that just as his sufferings were according to the foreknowledge and divine plan of God, so are our sufferings. Just as his sufferings were not in vain, were not accidental, were not a surprise, neither are our sufferings in vain or accidental or a surprise. He goes on, it was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves but you in the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit. Here he again connects the, the, the Holy Spirit that is working in the prophets to the Holy Spirit that is working in those who have been called to preach the gospel to you. There is this beautiful continuity between the prophetic ministry of the Old Testament prophets and the preaching or prophetic ministry of evangelists and preachers today. The same spirit is at work. In fact, to such a degree that Peter tells us that all of the work of the prophets that, that they were trying to look into and, and trying to figure out who and when was being indicated by the Spirit of Christ working in them, he says it was revealed that they weren't serving themselves, but you, the elect exiles, who came so many years and generations after those prophets, Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel and Zechariah and Haggai and Malachi and Jonah and Habakkuk and all of those Old Testament prophets. They were serving these elect exiles existing after Christ. And so they are serving us as well. Again, the point is this. If Christ's sufferings were predicted, if Christ's sufferings were understood before they happened, they weren't accidental. That they, they weren't some indictment on him. They were the course of his life that God himself had set in place. And so we can now apply this to us. Just as our Savior's sufferings were purposeful and according to the divine plan and foreknowledge of God, so are our sufferings purposeful and according to the divine plan and foreknowledge of God. In this way, the prophets served us 
by announcing the truth of what Christ came to do and by announcing the truth of how exactly he would accomplish that. And so now as we wait, we wait with that certain hope in mind, with that comfort in mind, that the same thing that the prophets were looking into, that they might announce the gospel, that is what our preachers are looking into, that we might announce the gospel that the same spirit that was at work in them to help them understand the sufferings of Christ is the spirit that is at work in us to announce the gospel and help our people understand our sufferings in Christ and how we fill up the sufferings of Christ even through that. Then Peter ratchets it up once again and reminds us or tells us that the angels long to look into these things as well. There's some debate over whether these were good angels or fallen angels that were looking into these things, and there are different implications of that. But the point is, the message that Peter is announcing, the message of the gospel that is, that is being announced by faithful preachers even now all over the world, this is a message of such sweetness and comfort that the prophets of old sought to look into it, This is a message of such sweetness and comfort that the angels themselves long to look into it. So this is a message that should comfort us and should give us categories for how we process our lives now. This is a message that helps frame our suffering, reminding us that it is not accidental, it is not in vain, It is not suffering that separates us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, for it is the sufferings of Christ Jesus that we now, as we suffer for Christ, are filling up ourselves. And so we can take comfort. We can take comfort knowing that glory followed Christ's sufferings. And so glory will follow our sufferings. Our sufferings aren't indicating that God has forgotten us. Our sufferings aren't necessarily indicating that God is punishing us. Our sufferings aren't indicating that we have been separated from Christ. Rather, they are indicating a glory that is to, be to, that is to come. A glory that is to be revealed in the last time. A salvation that will be revealed in the end. When we are delivered from all of this, And so because we know what is coming, just as it came for Christ, we can now face our sufferings with the perspective of this eschatological hope and this future, knowing that this too shall pass, that all things shall be made right. Or as Sally Lloyd-Jones so helpfully puts it, that all the sad things will become untrue. Might we, by the Spirit, learn to rest in this way, in Jesus Christ, even as we suffer in him. May Christ be with you.